electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are on the move on this big miss on April jobs, 266,000, well shy of the 1 million estimate. Negative revisions, yields are lower, 10-year below 147. That's going to take you back to March 4th. Our roadmap will begin with that job surprise. April's hiring boom goes to bust. Plus, Treasury yields are dropping on that jobs news, sending shares of the tech-heavy and growth-laden Nasdaq, well, a bit higher ahead of the open. And we're going to get the first business response from the Biden administration. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh will join us a bit later in the program. We'll talk about today's jobs report and the state of the recovery from the pandemic. Carl. A lot of questions this morning. Uh, guys, Jim heard you talking to Andrew about the jobs number a few minutes ago. And I do wonder if you think this print sort of feeds that notion that those stimulus checks have provided a disincentive to work. I'm always a... Uh reluctant to say that because if you're doing well in life, you want others to do well, too. So you could say, well, maybe the disincentive is great. But I have to believe that it's actually correct, Carl. And the reason I say that is because anecdotally and also empirically, I deal with a lot of small business people. Many of us have raised our uh, what we're willing to pay and then raised and then raised. And it's not like people are trying to decide. It just doesn't bring any people in. No matter what we seem to raise, we are not able to beat, I guess, what tax free unemployment. Again, I'm happy to pay whatever the prevailing wages and then some. But people have to come knocking. David, I know it's odd because it seems so ridiculous. We're we're in the tail end of a recession. You'd think that people want jobs. But I think the competition to a natural job, given the commutation, given the fact that many people have moved out, there's a dislocation between the people who would like to work, but I can wait till October, and the people who are looking for work but don't know how to find those people who are looking to create jobs and want those people and can't find them. Yeah, well, we've been hearing about it, a procession of CEOs, certainly from lower wage yes. uh, jobs have said they've had a very hard time filling them. We had a conversation yesterday about how expensive Ubers are, and Khosrow Shahi, the CEO of the company, did seem to point to a driver shortage, yes. uh, trying to lean into fixing that. So you are seeing signs of that, and perhaps maybe behind why we came in so far below what was estimated I, in terms of additional jobs? I think it could be. Carl, I had Papa John's on last night, which is doing extraordinarily well. And I, in order to my due diligence, I went to the website to see, you know, just to see what's going on. And there was the top of the website were job hires. So I went on and I asked the CEO, I see so many job openings. He said, we would like to fill 10,000 jobs right now. 10,000 assistant managers. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, how you 
Wait a minute. That's, those right. are decent jobs. You can then rise up. Maybe you can own a franchise. I mean, they are not dead end jobs. I mean, when you see a CEO come on the show and say, you know, I got I have 10,000 job openings. I mean, that's not 1000. That's 10,000. So I don't know, Carl, yeah. where are so these Jim, people? So this this retreat now into, say, Nasdaq futures, and we'll see what we do during the trading day. But this idea that, oh, a huge miss on jobs, you can remove some of those inflation fears. That doesn't sound like an anti-inflationary story. No, it, it arguably the opposite. Arguably, you can just continually to try try to raise wages until you hit some tipping point where it's worth someone to take a commute, worry about not being at home, child care, whatever. And they finally can do the calculus and say it is important. But what I find really interesting, Carl, is, is that remember for a restaurant, you don't have to offer full day. You can offer shifts. All right. So someone maybe wants to pick up a little extra money while they're going to school. Carl, I'll offer shifts. I can't find anyone who wants a shift. That used to be something people would beg me for shifts. I would sit at the bar and someone would say, Jim, can I have a shift? I, 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 David, they don't even want shifts. All right. So that would imply potential wage inflation or. Yes. Or until, as you say, we get to the point where there's not as much support any longer. Right. Yes. And then I also see, I mean, if you're Jay Powell, you're still not getting, you know, you still have nine point seven percent of 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 black people in this great country or don't have jobs. That's too high. But what about the other inflate? What about, you know, the commodity inflation we've talked about and you keep talking about it being temporary. I mean, I'm sure you were listening yesterday. I think we have this and we can just run it. It'll take 30 seconds. CEO of Kellogg, CEO of Vista Outdoor, right. back to back yesterday on the 10 o'clock hour of Squawk on the Street, talking about inflation. Take a listen. Inflation is real. It's here uh, and it's significant. You know, we're bound and determined to keep our margins uh, healthy and grow our margins on a two year basis. And that's going to mean, you know, that we're going to have to keep up with pricing in an inflationary environment. So inflation is is here. Uh, every input cost that, that we see has uh, gone up and, and continues to go up. Logistics is our biggest uh, worry area um, because of the shortage of, of input materials. Well, I mean, last night I did a piece on Mad Money, which just talked about it wasn't a U and it wasn't a W, it wasn't an L. It was a V that was sharper than people thought. This is the recovery. And the V on the right side has already passed 2019 in terms of trying to get people to come to work. And uh, there's been no layoffs. There's, you know, do you know that there's been no defaults in the high yield market? Mm-hmm. So there's no people coming out of a place where, they, uh, where their company has rolled over. Right. So, David, is there inflation? I think that there has to be some catch up. There has to be some production catch up. We are still dealing with the fact that there were way too many people who thought that this was going to be an L, not a sharp V. Mm -hmm. Many people did not bank on science. They didn't bank on Pfizer. They didn't bank on Moderna. And those things, those two companies shocked us. Yeah. They shocked us. They shocked us. Well, the science turned out to be. Oh, yes. They well, it was a positive shock. Yes. So yes. I, I just was trying to follow you there. And the, the lights, we got a mood lighting here a little bit, I noticed, during while I was sitting uh, See, I was so focused on the show and what we're doing, well, I, I, I didn't, I didn't well, focus I, I on the lighting. I was bathed in darkness, <laughs> and I was sort of trying to understand what was going on for a moment, Carl. My um, bad. I was so, Carl, I was so well, busy trying to think about this unemployment thing, but I, too, well, right, can focus how about on the, what? How about the stock market? Can we talk uh, for a minute about that? No, What's see, now I'm trying to figure market? out the haze thing. <laughs> Yeah. How about growth versus value? I mean, uh, I keep I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you the look, same question. Look, when I see oh, unemployment, I don't know. Can, I, can we bring up the growth versus value chart? Because what, what is what does today do to that? Does it does it reverse the 
Well, because the job, it's not the the jobless is not natural. No, I mean, we're not. It's not like that. Therefore, we let's go back to the companies that don't need a strong economy or doing fine. And let's go back to Fang. I mean, Fang will be short lived today. The Fang Mm -hmm. rally. Mm -hmm. Carl, the Fang rally only exists when you know the economy is bad. When the economy's tight, even though the numbers don't look like then you don't buy Fang. You buy companies that can uh, keep up with inflation. There's a company called Lindy. Yes. And everyone loved it today. Why? Because they can raise their prices faster than their input costs. And, Carl, that's not a good story. I mean, it's good Lind, because David wants to talk about stocks. Not a lighting second now. Uh, but I do think that you, want, <laughs> you don't want companies to say, you, know, you, you don't want to cheer that companies can raise prices even more than their input costs. Because in the end, someone in you know, Pal just says, OK, I can't take it. I, I, I can't take it anymore. I, let, let's raise. Maybe we can get some more people. What, what's so funny? What just, am I saying I just, that's so funny? Him, him what? saying, I can't take it anymore. I can't imagine Jay Pal saying, no, yeah, he won't I can't say take it anymore. He won't say, no, he, but it that's would be not, great if he said that. No, no. Yeah, that is so not the, the way press Paul conference, Carl, no, I can't take it. No, I'm no. done. Steve Leesman, I'm, yeah, oh, you're right. I can't take it. That's it. Why did rates just get uh, Jim, a little higher? I guess, I guess the, to David's question, you know, going into the print, people said, oh, you know, Jeffries was looking for 2.1 million, I think. And the idea was if the number one runs hot, be careful because that does pull forward the taper discussion. But do you think it's possible that, that even a weak number, but with these kinds of uh, wage and labor supply issues, that the taper discussion still gets pulled yeah, it's forward? Yeah, it's still on the table. You, you just... This is uh, maybe the employers are waiting, David, until the unemployment uh, benefits roll off. But I know the opposite. I just see those help wanted signs. Now, look, when 10 people see help wanted signs, that's just they're, you know, it's anecdotal. But when everyone sees help wanted signs, is that still anecdotal? I don't know. No, No. it's empirical. Yes. This was a rhetorical question. Oh, will you play with me? I'm trying. Trying. I'm sorry. Did you see Andrew right. and and Becky and Joe? They were you know they were playing with each other. Gensler. Really? I'm asking for that they kind of that. rapport. They, you, I think I've given you that rapport. I think I've given you the best years of my life. You have. I am. <laughs> I am just. Uh, trying by to, the way, the Gensler uh, interview was. Uh, was, was that a segue? Was yes, it was because it was an important interview. They didn't even get to SPACs. They ran out of time. Unfortunately, we would have. We might have. They got to they got to crypto. They got to Archegos, which I want, we'll get to a bit earlier, uh, later in our show. But uh, it was very interesting. To but they to didn't. Once again, Carl, did, Gens, did, did the chairman say, you know what, uh, we got to stop this Dogecoin. This whole thing is ridiculous. No. I mean, kind of like Jay says, I can't take it anymore. Gensler did not stop it. No one's willing to stop it, Carl. No one's willing to say, "Okay, enough. Dogecoin does not exist as of now. Yeah, he did reiterate, though, that uh, crypto tokens, Jim, are securities. Talked about payment for order flow, talked about gamification, uh, talked about the need to at least keep their eye on social media. But this is Gensler on Bitcoin. Take a listen. Digital, scarce, store of value, but highly volatile. And there's investors that want to trade that and trade that for its volatility, in some cases just for its, it, it, it has lower correlation with other markets. I think that we need greater investor protection there. And we don't have a federal regime overseeing the crypto exchanges. So if investor wants to trade on that Bitcoin, understanding it's highly volatile, highly speculative, but if they want to trade on that, 
that we have in place some investor protection. And that's what I was saying, I think, is a gap in our system right now. Meanwhile, Jim, uh, Hugh Son on our dot-com team gets a look at an, a Goldman memo today uh, that uh, says they've created a new crypto trading desk uh, that has successfully traded two kinds of Bitcoin-linked derivatives at Goldman. So this is definitely getting embedded into uh, institutions. That's important. Goldman had done that a couple years ago, and then it seemed to go away. But what Goldman should do is buy Square, because Square has got this thing down like you wouldn't believe. I mean, they are uh, they are the most forward looking financial company other than maybe PayPal in the world right now. And anyone who listens uh, to that conference call, uh, and I'm talking talking about a team that has figured out what the world wants, what small business wants, what young people want, that you can the equivalent of Venmo each other slivers of crypto, David, is the kind of thing that attracts young people. You can do that. You yes. Can Venmo each other slivers. Well, they don't not Venmo, Venmo, right? right. Venmo's PayPal's, but right. equivalent of. And the, the Square app is amazing. And the company is so forward looking. Remember, they also bought a lot of Bitcoin, yes. which they had in the Treasury. And they've got a double on it. But you know, can't market the market. Right. right. I, I just find that this is a company. If you want to find out the future of finance, it's not Goldman figuring out a trading desk on crypto. It's Square admit, uh, Square going with what people want which is on Bitcoin. They want to, you know, you can buy, you know, sell a piece of Bitcoin and buy a piece of a stock. I, mean, well, I can't buy a piece of a stock. No. Well, I know you. That was the larger no, you, not yeah, me. It was the, it, yes. it was the royal, royal you. you. But I th- I suggest everyone read the square. And Jack's on the conference call and he likes title is willing to be able to pay. Musicians have their own currency. But uh, Square's figured it out, Carl, and everybody else is hopelessly behind. We're going to dive more into Square, Jim. Uh, it's a story that you really have helped our viewers understand. We'll get to Roku, uh, Live Nation, of course, Peloton, Beyond Meat, uh, and a bunch of others as futures have moved around a bit on that big uh, miss on jobs. Worst miss, we're told, since 98. We're back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com.
So far, it's a pretty good morning for Peloton Roku Square, uh, rising on those better than expected numbers. Peloton's up despite the lowered guidance in the wake of that tread recall, Jim. Uh, but it's going to be Roku uh, that's going to be the mover here. I think we got at least one upgrade over at Loop. They go to uh, 450. It, great numbers, better than expected. Platform gross margin, 67%. Uh, ARPU up big, $32, up 32%. Uh, gross profit up 132%. Player price down, that's the, what people are saying is not the exciting part. But, David, they have the strongest revenue growth, growth quarter in history, 79% sales growth overall. David, Roku remains the million. most exciting nonlinear call. It's, this uh, is the cord-cutting call writ large. David. It is, and cord-cutting continues, and it continues at a very rapid, at a fairly rapid pace. The yes. universe of, of those who use what we used to call cable uh, continues yeah. to decline. Right. Basic cable, what you get. You had to us. diversify. Now, there are obviously a lot of the virtual MVPDs, which we all know about, right. and, and that actually is helpful for the programmers. In part, many of them are paid even more to be on those bundles than they are the traditional cable bundle. But, you know, when you, just imagining a few years ago that Roku would create its own ecosystem. I mean, it was a device. It, it was, was a, device a device to help you connect to broadband, to get right. some of these services. I thought and it was a commodity, and yes, Google would yes. come in and wreck it. Yes, all of that. Uh, in the same way that some people thought Netflix, I guess, was a, you know, by mail DVD service. Right? Um, and they and managed to still not getting execute. its due, Roku. Yeah, they managed to execute on that business plan. And now they've got, I mean, now you have to get distributed on them. Remember what Malone said? Remember, I go back to, what was that, October, November, when we did our annual interview. So and he talked about how much he liked Roku back then as, as because in part of that model, which did is he didn't, you now need to be, coming? You need, we have the leverage in terms of, we're the distributor, Roku. Right. is the biggest distributor in many ways. But how did they, did people not see them coming? How did Amazon not see them coming? How did Google not see them coming? I don't what, know. What happened Yeah, I, I don't, that's a good question. They're all such smart companies. Why didn't they see Roku coming? I mean, listen, Amazon's got the Fire Stick. It's not like there aren't right. plenty of those I love, I in, uh, the out there. Yeah. I love the Fire Stick. But Roku really succeeded in a way in terms of just creating this. And we all know direct-to-consumer is now television. That's right. Kind of what it is. Carl, the stock goes higher. Uh, it was just a magnificent quarter. Mm. By the way, the CEO is very non-promotional. Now, can this uh, break, Carl, the trajectory of, of what I thought was another stay-at-home uh, company that the market has hated? Uh, this is the one that is threatening to break that, and Peloton is too. No. Peloton had a, you know, I've got to hand it to Foley. I think, I think he's a very bright guy. They, they had some remarkable numbers. People will swear by this. It was a winner during the pandemic, and it's staying winner. And I know what happened with the treadmill is, uh, is bad. And I love the fact he started his letter by saying, look, I screwed up. I, I, I apologize. Yep. He didn't say, well, um, he didn't make it someone else apologize or we made a mistake or mistakes were made. He owned it. But uh, connected fitness workouts up 239 percent. Total revenue growth up 141 percent. Carl, this is a magnificent yeah. quarter. Uh, yeah. And average monthly workouts per sub uh, up to 26 from 21 in the prior quarter, Jim. People are still using it. Even as gyms are reopening. I think it's a, a testament to their, a be, look, two machines that were better than we thought. David, two. two. Roku and Pelt. Right. Roku, Carl, does have an incredible multiple to earnings, to EBITDA, to revenues. I mean, wow. So why don't you short it, David? It, no, you wouldn't David's do that. David's not allowed to short. David can't do anything. Right? We're not allowed to do everything. It's, uh, yeah, any miss there, and it could be 
Watch out below. But that, yes. Not this quarter. Carl? Mm-hmm. Guys, we'll get Mad Dash in the opening bell in 10 minutes on this Friday. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Well, I'm waiting for the mad dash just like you are, because I asked Jim what happened with Expedia, which he's going to do. And he said, I'm not going to tell you. Because so it's, tell me I'm now. doing a favor to you how Got right it. you've been. Whoa. The lead to the, uh, to the releases, travel remains a study in contrast, with strong vacation rental growth and demand for domestic travel continuing to drive us forward, while demand for international and business travel and conventional lodging remains challenged. So, yes, you're spot on. But the vacation is so strong that everyone's raising numbers and price targets. And I think it's the study is what you are correctly hitting on, which is people aren't going back as fast. Now, maybe that'll change next quarter, and therefore people want to get ahead of that and buy Expedia now. It's obviously been a good stock uh, post post the unraveling of the pandemic, whatever you want to call it. But, David, business travel is just not there. No, it's not there. Listen, they're still not showing up in the office either. Well, so they kind of go together in many ways. Well, you'll be think. interviewing. I believe you'll be entering, interviewing Peter Kern, the CEO. Yes, he's coming on. Uh, who's very on thoughtful. 10 o'clock. Yeah, very thoughtful. And you got to ask him, does he look at bookings, say, out six months where people are going to talk about travel and entertainment? I, right. I'm starting to see some people mention it as a line, but I am seeing most people just saying, uh-uh, uh, we're just not going to make people come back if they don't want to. Well, eventually they will. I mean, I have those conversations every, every day. Absolutely, but not but not yet. No, and I still don't hear people saying, I'm going to go travel and hit the uh, Chicago and try to line up five different clients. No, or, no. it's just not. No, not that's working. not happening. That may come back if your competitors do it. But I still argue as well, the internal business travel will probably forever not be at the levels it was. Because it doesn't. It, you, you know, you board just, meetings. We, no. we can all just Zoom. That's the board fine. meetings, we'll three out of four meetings, I bet you people just say, you know yep. what, let's just Zoom. Yep. As opposed to those great boondoggles of going to New York, seeing a show and seeing a show. Hey, in the fall. That's right. Be able to see a show. Can't wait. We also can't wait for an opening bell on this Friday. A lot of news to digest. Stay with us. Things are swirling around a bit this morning. Take a look at the 10-year intraday, Jim. I thought about what you said about the FANG trade maybe being short-lived. Uh, we got down to 147 and change, uh, but uh, got some selling again. Yeah, look, uh, I think that this idea that suddenly we're going into a recession because of, a, of the number like this just doesn't add up. And I, I think it's very confusing to people because we, the playbook, Carl, is just worthless right now. There's just too too many uh, external forces to make us feel like that we're going to have a slowdown. We're not slowing down. We're accelerating. So, David, I I think the rates, they're all over the place. But the right. fact is we're, we're accelerating. accelerating. There's inflation, but there isn't the job growth that we'd anticipate. Exactly. There would right. be associated with that. But, but if you raise rates, does that create jobs? No, not Thank necessarily. You. I rest my case. <laughs> That's it. Your Honor, I rest my case. That's it. Yes. Okay. Prosecution rest, David. Got it. Although, what did you say earlier Powell was going to do? Finally, I'm happy. I give up. (laughs) 
Can you imagine, Carl, if there was a level of candor like that? Yeah. How about if, like, Gensler had come on and said, you know, it's Dogecoin. Will you give me a break? I mean, wouldn't you just love it if people talk like the, like people talk? I know. What the You know, like, hey, what well, the heck I'll tell is you this what. Dogecoin? You know, Jim, we just had the 10th anniversary of the first pre- uh, Fed presser that Bernanke did a decade ago. And who would have thought that this would be a regular thing every month? So um, who knows how the evolution of Fed comms is going to change uh, in the years to come. Let's get the opening bell, guys. NYSE and NASDAQ on this Friday. Uh, what a week as we've uh, had this wave of earnings. Still remains the best earnings season in about 11 years. Um, Jim, all the talk of inflation has not stopped net, net margin from setting records. No. And uh, as David Costin pointed out this morning, uh, buybacks announcements are surging once again. Yeah, the costume piece. I'm tired of costume being so smart and his pieces come out and they're all long, and, but they're must reads. Yeah, I mean, the buybacks, obviously, the first quarter, the buybacks were very big. And I, I know a lot of people say, well, where were they when when stocks were down? Well, the answer is they thought that they were going to go under for heaven's sake. That was the point. The point was they couldn't buy back the stock because they're trying to figure out whether there is ever going to be an end to this pandemic, given the fact that it take four years to develop a vaccine for mumps. And so why should we think, David, that this a very complex, novel illness would be solved as quickly as it was? Because a lot of the technology was there to do it and had been developed prior to it. But there were a lot of very smart people at companies listen, who did A year ago, even, we, we, we would have been surprised at the, uh, how rapidly we were able to have a vaccine. And remember when the numbers first came out, I think people take it for granted. It was 95 percent. A lot of people felt, listen, could be 70 percent. Yeah, that would be yeah. big. Yeah. But if we have the glut, that, like, doc, like Dr. Gottlieb said, the, the glut of vaccines, well, it's time we send them overseas. Holy cow. Uh, right. Maybe without without giving up the IP. Yes, that was a the, big mistake. Just send I the vaccines. That. Um, Actually, I do. The president did. Carl, did you see that New York City is going to start vaccinating tourists if you want you want to come? Yes, tourists. Get a vaccine. Come to Times Square, see a show, uh, get a shot, go to a baseball game, get a shot. Um <laughs> Interesting. You know, uh, the number of shots administered, guys, is is way down, as we know. We were doing 3.4 million a day. We're now doing about 2.1. There was a lot of talk yesterday, Jim, about even if you waive some of these patents, um, the raw materials, the know-how, it's really not going to get shots to to the developing world in a hurry, at least, and maybe not at all, given the fact that Moderna and Pfizer are going to do billions of doses on their own in the coming months. Right. My, my, my biggest fear is that, once again, we're going to go back into the two worlds. Uh, Europe, uh, advanced, uh, advanced countries, they get it. And then countries that have no hope continue to have no hope. And, David, the disparity, once again, between rich countries and poor countries is just awful. Yeah. And let's, I mean, I don't know, clearly the crisis going on in India Cannot and should not be ignored. Over 4,000 deaths a day. There are some. Exactly, um, you know, there's, once again, there's uh, Mark Benioff, Brazil, by the get, way. Mark Benioff sending a Boeing, a giant Boeing over with PPE. And you, once again, it's uh, the, the what we're seeing are uh, business is the greatest force for social change. Business is very worried. Carl, I just think it for somehow because we just it's not on the well, it's been on the front page. But I mean, these numbers are staggering staggering. And, and I just feel like they're one of the problems that I see from the professors I know who do this is they're still doing surface work. They're, they still think 
that if you just clean surfaces with Clorox, well, they don't use Clorox that much over there, uh, that it's, it's not as worldwide a brand. Carl, Carl, they're just getting it wrong. I mean, you got to get out of buildings. It's about ventilation. So, yeah, and, enough with the surfaces. Yeah. Enough. Did you say enough with the surfaces? I did. Enough with that. It was like Jay Powell with the. Yeah, just, I mean, you know, I've got, you go to offices, they have a, the pen jar, like, you, you know, I, take I, a pen and then put it in the U. I mean, no, on, it's about being We're in not giant COVID from, from sharing a pen. Yeah, my wife and, and, and kids went to uh, a, a temple, a Sikh temple, and did a, a day of service. And I was looking at the pictures. You know, hundreds of people packed it, doing great things in a very small area. I mean, that's how it spreads. That's how it spreads. Uh, it, and yeah. I just think that I just feel like I want to go over there and say, guys, here's what we learned. But it wasn't like we were necessarily the paragon. Club. No. No. We did have great drug companies, though. Do. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fabulous. Uh, speaking of which, Jim, uh, Goldman takes Moderna to 228. Uh, Barclays goes to 194 uh, on the heels of their report earlier in the week. Um, so there is some optimism coming out of their quarter and their projections for vaccine revenue, which, of course, was a big Pfizer story, too. Right. Well, I still think that five, I, the other day I said that Pfizer's too cheap and then the president wanted to give away the intellectual property. I'm, I'm reiterating Pfizer's a very inexpensive stock and it's a very safe stock. And I know that that's out of fashion in a world where Dogecoin could be up big if the Saturday Night Live goes well. Saturday Night Live, if he comes out with Dogecoin, what does it go up, 65 to Yeah, I, I don't know. I know. It's going to be interesting to see. And it is live. So who knows what he can do You're right. in the moment. It, he's and he's trains, an unpredictable fellow. It's all around the clock, you know, Dogecoin. You can uh, buy Dogecoin does. in your sleep yeah. and make, a bill, make millions. Many people wish they had bought it in their sleep. It's a joke currency. How did this happen? I don't know. I mean, I you know, Carl, when they were trading tulips, no one thought it was a joke. I mean, they were like, start as a tulips. joke. Now it's for real. Um, but for guys, what? You can't use it at yeah. Square? You can't use it? No. Doji can't use it square. No. Right. It has to be legitimately illegitimate, not just illegitimate. <laughs> um, By the way, if, um, if, you, if you pay attention to SNL, uh, you've been seeing pictures of Musk rehearsing all week, going out to dinner with uh, the cast and crew. And then finally, NBC dropped some of the promos, uh, which um, will tell us at least a little bit what we're going to see Saturday night. Take a listen. Hi, I'm Elon Musk, and I'm hosting SNL This Week with musical guest Miley Cyrus. And I'm a wild card, so there's no telling what I might do. Same here. Rules, no thing. But it's also the Mother's Day show, so your moms are going to be here. <sighs> Forget what I said. Fine, we'll be good-ish. Hi, I'm Elon Musk, and I'm hosting SNL This Week with musical guest Miley Cyrus. What's new with you, Elon? I just did a successful rocket launch this week. Hmm. Wow. Well, I did my laundry. Congrats. <laughs> Actually, no, I didn't. Uh, Gensler was asked about um, yeah. the show on Squawk this morning. Guy said he has no message for anyone on the show. <laughs> uh, I, you know, what Gensler had to say about a few other things is, uh, was more, of more interest. And, of course, as I said, they, we, we can have him back on our show. Come back, talk about SPACs, because that's the one thing they didn't get to, unfortunately, for the Squawk crew. But they did get to Arkegos, guys. And, you know, take a look at shares of Viacom. Did not respond well yesterday to those earnings. Started up, ended down. Got an upgrade uh, got today. Got an upgrade today from uh, RBC. It was a good upgrade. Yeah, made sense. saying upgrading to outperform. Continue to believe investors underappreciate the subscriber and ARPU potential across the global streaming marketplace. Uh, but what about the transparency that perhaps is demanded of some in the uh, total return swaps market, where Arkegos was able to essentially disguise what was enormous positions in both Viacom and Discovery and a number of other stocks? Here's what Gensler had to say. 
we have a history in the markets to say if you have significant positions, there's transparency and the public gets to know if somebody's over 5% or sometimes it's over 10% of a company. And so that transparency was lacking here. And you're absolutely right also that through these derivative contracts in multiple banks, there was a lot of leverage in that uh that trade. If we're going to uh, examine and enforce the rules without fear or favor, we're going to look at individuals and corporations. And yes, that includes hedge funds. So we'll have to wait and see. But it does appear that you may get more transparency coming to a total swap return swap market near you soon. Well, but look, I, I, one of the things that Gensler was doing was he was saying, listen, I've only been in the job for three weeks and give me a chance to study these things. But I don't I when it came to Archegos, I think his tone was very different from uh, from the other issues. I think he was saying, listen, we got to fix this. We got to fix this. Guys, real uh, quickly, if I can, I did want to update because we're following it closely. The battle for KSU, of course, the two rails. Oh, yeah. Canadian Pacific, Canadian National. Yesterday, Canadian Pacific did get approval from the STB for a voting trust. Very important component, of course, of being able to actually move ahead with the deal. KSU is trading well above the bid it got from CP because, of course, Canadian National has a far higher bid made up of a lot more cash uh, as well. Uh, What is important here is, at least, and I can tell you, is people close to Canadian National indicate to me they are very much um, uh, happy about the decision that was reached by the STB as regards the voting trust for CP because they believe that based on the key two points that they relied on in making this decision, namely whether a voting trust would in some way or would be successful in preventing actual control of, of, the, of CP in this case, from taking control of, of KSU and whether it would not damage shareholders of either KSU or CP. Well, they say you, you apply that to, to our uh, application for voting trust, and we're also very likely to get the same approval. Doesn't mean they have yet, Carl. It's going to be a bit of time, uh, but it, at least in their opinion, um, argues for the merits of why they are going to get it and hence why they are going to be in a position to potentially sign a deal up with uh, with. Um, KSU sooner than rather than later, perhaps even prior to receiving voting trust approval from the STB if it comes. I'm told we really have to move on. I got so much more there. I did so much reporting this morning, but you know what? It'll have to wait for another day. Carl, back to you. Uh, All right, David. We did get an all-time high on the Dow. Can't take your eye off the bond market. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Well, if you want to figure out the bond market, all you have to do is keep watching it. I'll tell you, Carl, because the fixed income... Sovereign debt market globally all had some real shocks on that shockingly weak number that we received this morning. Everything was weak, of course, except for hours worked. The people that are working and did jump into the jobs market definitely are getting compensated better and getting overtime if they want it. Look at intraday charts today. We're only going to do the intradays. Intraday tenure. At one point, we're at 146, down 11. Here we sit at 155, down 2. Third year, got all the way down to 215, minus 9. It's now actually at 224, 225. It's up a basis point on the day. But it doesn't end with our borders. Let's look overseas. Boon yields dropped to minus 25. Uh, Gilts all the way down to uh, positive 73 and then rocketed back. Same with Italian, dropped down to 92 basis points. The dollar index dropped to about 90 and a third, 90.35, and then came back a bit. 
But the comeback on the dollar index, we need to pay close attention to. It has been running on empty, so to speak. And if you look at this chart that starts in February, you can see that we are probably going to make a new, fresh close low that goes back towards the end of February, moving down a few notches on the previous closes that we experienced last week that took you back to early March. Now, what does all this mean in English? We learned a lot about the markets today. First of all, the path of least resistance from those levels in treasuries uh, probably was higher prices, lower yields. But do you see the way it snapped back? There's always this ongoing notion right now, whether it's the Fed can quantitative ease if they think rates are too low, or some of the stimulus money is actually going to start to make a difference or the lag time when we start to pull people back in. But the knee-jerk reaction does tell us a lot, and it also tells us that today's low yields... 146 and 10s, 215 and 30s, put a red dot on those on your charts. They will come back and they will be important. Carl, Jim and David, back to you. All right, great. Thank you very much. So Dow's up 50. Uh, NASDAQ has uh, benefited from some of this trade today, up 109. When we come back, the labor secretary on the jobs number. Don't go anywhere. Take a look at some of the uh, S&P gainers this morning. Expedia is going to be at the top. Uh, David and Jim talked a bit about it, but bookings down 14, way above the estimate, uh, given what travel's been through. Talked about strength and leisure and domestic. We'll take a break here, talk to the Labor Secretary about the jobs number in a moment. Get to more discussion about the jobs number this morning on that big miss off of expectations. The Labor Secretary, Marty Walsh, joins us. Mr. Secretary, I think it's our first Jobs Friday together, so welcome. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having me today. appreciate it. Uh, I've seen some comments from both you this morning and from Jared Bernstein that you don't see a correlation between the weakness in employment gains and benefits. What makes you say that? Why are you so confident about that? Well, you know, under normal circumstances, and certainly we're not living in normal circumstances, a 266,000 job gain a month is a good number. Uh, unfortunately, we're still in the midst of a pandemic. And we, if you look back on the last three months, we've, the, the, the United States economy has added 500,000 per month, 500,000 new jobs per month, as compared to the previous three months where it was 60,000. So we're definitely going in the right direction, but we still have a ways to go. There's no question about it. Uh, and we're still, we're still dealing with, with the pandemic. So I guess my question is, do you believe that um, support, fiscal support for uh, the unemployed, which obviously was much needed in the depths of the pandemic, is now creating an inability for those people or an unwillingness for those people to put their hand up for a job uh, absent higher wages? No, I still think we need unemployment. Obviously, we still have millions of Americans out of work. Uh, Many of those Americans, uh, you know, don't have opportunities at this moment. Uh, I know that we're making a correlation between open jobs and and people that are unemployed, uh, but it's not it's not a fair correlation. And when you think about that, this month, the the positive sign of of this month's report is that more Americans looked for job in the month of April than they had in the previous month. So I think as we continue to move forward here, hopefully in the coming months, we're going to see lots of those Americans that are looking for jobs, finding jobs. And I'll be able to stand in front of this camera and talk about the great gains we've had. Uh, But I still think 266,000 jobs this month is, is is a good number. Uh, Mr. Secretary Jim Cramer, thank you for coming on Squawk on the Street. I got an idea for you. I think that if the CDC were to say that there are such things as vaccine passports, 
And businesses that require them, uh, including restaurants, say Broadway, uh, Broadway, they would open immediately. And that would make many more jobs come available. It would offer some certainty. And yet they're not doing that. They've made things very uncertain. We are going to hear from the cruise industry where they're just baffled. And the CDC is, I think, responsible for making it so your job is very hard. Well, you know, one of the things I think that that, uh, I don't know, I don't know if the vaccine passports are necessarily the way to go. Maybe they are. But but I think that we have to just continue to 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 push to to make sure people get vaccinated. Uh, You know, there's over 200 million American over 200 million vaccine shots that have been given out in this country. Uh, In in some of our populations, we have we have uh, I wouldn't call it herd immunity, but we have lots of older people that have been vaccinated over 75, a good portion of people over 65. But we do need to get more vaccines out there. But I'll just add one more thing to that, which has nothing to do with vaccines. We also have to deal with child care and schools. And, and those are those are two barriers right now, in my opinion, that are keeping people from getting back into the workforce as well, because their children are at home. They're learning remotely or, or their, their child care facilities aren't open. Uh, there has been investments made by the president in those in those areas. But we, we need to continue to, to make those investments so that people feel that know that they can go back to work. Right, yeah. So, uh, uh, Mr. Secretary, do you think that is responsible for the shortfall between the actual jobs added and what at least the people who follow this so closely had anticipated? Because I think it's the biggest gap, at least in terms of what was anticipated and what we actually got in 23 years. Yeah, I think that has something to do with it. But but also on the bright side, as I mentioned a minute ago, a second ago, uh, more people went looked for work in the month of April than the previous months. And I, I think that we're starting to see pe- the confidence come back. I think people are starting to get more comfortable. We're seeing more people going out. We're seeing more people coming, more people interacting with folks. The leisure hospitality industry, restaurant industry had the largest gains, which is great to see. Uh, but, but we're still, unfortunately, we're still dealing with the pandemic. And there's lots of still uncertainty here. And, and you know, I, I think the answer, the, it's not a simple answer. There's lots of different answers. I think, number one, vaccinations is definitely part of the solution uh, to get people back into the economy, get people back working, get the economy going again. We saw we saw an increase in retail uh, productivity and people going back shopping. That's another good sign that our economy is coming back strong. Uh, we do have, there's no question about it, we have ways to go. When the president uh, and the Congress passed the American Rescue Plan, uh, they were very intentional about making investments in, in, in different areas of, of, of the economy. Uh, and now we're looking for, forward looking at the American Jobs Plan as well as continuing continuing to rebuild our economy and make it stronger as we come out of the recession. So there's, right. there's no question. I mean, I can't come here today and, and, and say to you that, that you know, uh, we're fully recovered. But I can say to you today in the American people is that we are definitely on a track to full recovery. We are, although not as much as people had hoped. I mean, what, though, is your rebuttal to those who will say, yeah, you're paying people not to work? And that's the main reason why this number is such a shortfall from what was expected. There is millions of Americans that have been impacted by the coronavirus that lost their job. Some of their, some of their, some of their, their, their work's not coming back. That we've lost restaurants, we've lost businesses. Uh, you know, we're still in. The, I wouldn't say we're in the midst of the pandemic. I don't think I would hope not to say that. But we're still dealing and living with the pandemic. Uh, and, and as we continue to move forward here, uh, we will continue to recover and continue to add jobs to our economy. You know, uh, Mr. Secretary, we talk all the time about construction, housing, uh, the lack of inventory, the lack of supply, seasonally adjusted construction, basically unchanged. Can you help our viewers understand how that's possible? There's lots of work going on out there. We saw permits being pulled, uh, rising across this country, building permits being pulled Uh, during the pandemic. Most of the construction didn't really stop. 
Uh, a lot of construction continue, continue to move forward. Uh, when we talk about, you know, lack of, or need for building more housing, uh, that, that's a question we have to ask cities and towns all across America. There's issues. I mean, I'm a former mayor, so uh, we permitted uh, lots of housing. We have lots of housing in the permit process and lots of housing in construction process. Uh, but I think we have to be real intentional about building more housing in this country. Finally, it's been a few days, but you did talk to Reuters uh, a few days ago about reclassification of workers. It's big implications for companies like Uber and Lyft. Um, in any way, do you want to pull back those comments or do you think this is a discussion that's going to gain momentum? You know, I, I think uh, being an employee is, is crucial. Uh, as we move forward here, uh, you know, uh, that's a conversation for another day I think we're going to have here. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's something that when I was talking to the reporter the other day, we were talking about misclassification and we we're talking about the gig economy. And the question was asked kind of a broad question. I answered it in a broad way, but it, it, it's, it did spark a reaction. Uh, but I do feel that, that we have to look at our, our employees that are misclassified and to make sure that they're classified correctly and make sure that they, they get the, the wages and what they deserve as employees. Mr. Secretary, uh, we look forward to many Jobs Fridays uh, together. Really appreciate it. I know it's a busy one for you. Thank you. No, thanks for having me today. Uh, Labor Secretary uh, Marty Walsh. Uh, Jim, what's on MAD tonight? It's going to be busy no matter what. Sure, we have Planet Fitness, and this is really the test of Planet Fitness Peloton, which is which. Uh, and then, by the way, Alonco, one of my absolute favorite themes is the humanization of pets. Jeffrey Simmons has taken Alonco, as it took a little while, and made it into a powerhouse. That stock goes higher. I cannot wait to see him. Jim, um, what a week. And happy um, Mother's Day. Was, yes, happy Mother's Day. Enjoy Saturday Night Live. Oh, we'll of see course, you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.